For just a few bucks, you can become a supporter of the Duct Tape and Paperclips Patreon. You'll get access to a special podcast feed with secret bonus content, where Annie and Nathan break down related stuff like the MacGyver Simpsons episode, Richard Dean Anderson's TV movie work, and lots more. At a higher level, you can even join Annie and Nathan in the Zoom when they record their episodes live and meet the comedian guests. And of course, supporters get access to cool merch like stickers, pins, even a custom engraved Swiss Army knife. Head over to patreon.com slash the MacGyver pod and join up today. That's patreon.com slash the MacGyver pod. Thanks for your support. Welcome to Duct Tape and Paper Clips. I'm Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is the show where we re-watch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. That is correct. And right now we are breaking down season two, episode 10. The title is Three for the Road. <laughs> Three for the Road. That feels like a very 80s phrase. Um, yes. uh, we're going to find out how well it holds up now. But first, let's catch up a little. Um, how are you feeling, Annie? <laughs> I feel good. I'm so excited. Um, I don't know if you I, want to talk about this or not. I just well, <laughs> I'll, right I'll into talk it. about it because yeah. So I I got my vaccine, which was a uh, not a surprise, but sort of like I had been trying to get a leftover for a while, and I got it out of luck. Um, you, were, you were rummaging around the dumpster outside of CVS. <laughs> yeah, no, I got it through luck, and frankly, just being connected to people who knew where there were some doses yeah. to be found. Um, I feel conflicted about getting one um, as as a leftover, but honestly, I got over that because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I sort of feel like you should get the vaccine when yeah. it's offered yeah. to you and right. uh, you should not be like hemming and hawing about whether or not it's... I think there are a lot of people in that position right now where they end up with an opportunity to get a vaccine and they're like, should I wait? And it's like... If, unless you are actively stepping in front of someone less fortunate than yourself to get it, then you should get it. <laughs> you know, oh, every healthcare person I've talked to, and every um, like public health official that we talk to for work, everyone is like, if you have an opportunity to get it yeah. without lying or without right. doing anything crazy, like you should take yeah. it. So, um, so yeah, so I took it. I did get pretty um i had some side effects um but they're fine within two days so i would say if like anyone is is worried about it just make sure you budget that budget some time to get right. over it and right. uh yeah well, first we de we decided that my wife and i were going to do it at separate times because we've seen a few couples get it at the same time and then they go down at the same time <laughs> we're like we should probably stagger it and then as luck would have it uh the state of vermont uh came out with their little schedule of when we can make our appointments and we are in different age categories so uh, i'm gonna yes. get mine a week I before saw, her yeah i saw the vermont list and that's all like pretty soon right it is, so yeah. like you'll be it's able exciting. to make your appointment like really soon um yep Yep. I mean, things are looking up in all sorts of ways. They finally set a date for the Save Our Stages grant that we've been waiting to apply for oh, that we had absolutely no idea when that was going to happen. We had a few friends over to our yard because it was almost 60 degrees today. Uh, I mean, it's like, oh, my God, we did it. We made it through the fucking winter. I know. And I'm so excited because I like not only did I get my vaccine, but now I'm sort of like... I get to come to Vermont in June. Um, yes. So that's really exciting. That's great. That means that uh, by June, I will be fully vaccinated, which that's means correct. we can have brunch at Butch and Babes like we used to do. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited to go get brunch like a normal. I know. <laughs> And we've been talking about how like uh, we had a conversation because, you know, we had comedians over to the yard today and we were talking about how like, how are we going to be funny after that? Like everyone's going to be so weird after this is all over. Like, are we going to nah. be terrible at it? Are we going to like, I think it's going to be very present in our minds as we're getting back on stage that like um, we lost a year of our comedy lives and mm -hmm. we can't be precious about you know, getting things perfect or technique or like it's supposed to be fun and you're supposed to be bringing other people joy. And we lost that for a full year. So like, I feel like there's going to be a lot more 
I could be wrong, but I feel like there's going to be a lot more silliness and a lot less stressing out and being in your head about like, you know. Yeah, I hope so. I saw a really annoying post on social media um, <laughs> the other day, which I'm totally going to subtweet this person right now by <laughs> paraphrasing it. Um, yeah. But they they posted something like, you know, all the people who quit comedy uh, for the pandemic, like, I hope you don't come back. And I was like, oh, man. oh go fly <laughs> yeah. a kite, yeah. my man. Like, that is just the silliest thing. So uh -huh. all of that, I have no time for that. I've seen like some some sort of grumpy posts popping up where people are right. like, when, when everything comes back, this is how I want stand up to be. And I'm like, get out of here. Yeah. Like yeah. this, this should be a fun place for us to all come together with our friends. Right. Of course, there's still space to take things as seriously as you right. want to and be as talented and, and <laughs> work on your craft as much as you want to, just sure. like there always was. But like, I, I'm so looking forward to like coming together with people and being able to perform again that like, yeah. I don't, have time for that. <laughs> there are some of those people who have been doing comedy this entire time, I wouldn't wear it as a badge of honor, <laughs> you no, know, just because and, you've been willing to put other people at risk so you could do your fucking stand up act. Absolutely. And especially the people who are doing that from a place of like economic privilege. Yeah, it's right. like, get out of here. You're putting servers and wait staff right. and audience at risk because you feel like performing Cause, like cause they grind harder than you Annie <laughs> yeah if grinding harder is getting people sick unnecessarily right. then you're correct yeah. um and and as someone else who is like a little bit more barbed uh than I am on social media pointed out <laughs> like none of these people are necessarily like after a year we're not going to be like oh wow you really took this year and got you know, head and shoulders better than everybody. Right. Like that is not, yeah. I can't not imagine. what we're going to see. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess there might be a case to be made for like, well, you know, there are some comedians who kept performing who, who maybe got better at performing in a lot of different environments. Yeah. Because they had to do it in a lot of different places. But that's maybe all you can say for like, I can't imagine that writing jokes about COVID during COVID and doing them on rooftops all, you know, for a full year made you that much better than someone else who's going to come back swinging, you know, like, fuck you. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't think so. And I think too, like a lot of people um, and a lot of women who do creative things, especially like struggle with this idea of like, is it too late? Have I wasted too much time? Am I not, you know, should I have been doing things this way or that way? And it's mm -hmm. like, I'm just really excited to let all of that go because that, that is all out the window. Like right. taking a break, whether it's for the pandemic or whatever your own stuff going on is fine. And yeah. it's also fine to come back. So yeah. I hope everyone that wants to come back to stand up comes back and yeah. has fun. Yeah, me too. Unless I personally don't like your material. In right. which case, in which case yeah. delete your account. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Well, great. We should introduce our guest. Yes. He is a hilarious comedian. Uh, you've seen him on Comedy Central Presents and Jimmy Kimmel Live, and he has a podcast called The Good, The Dad, and The Ugly. Please welcome our friend Casey James Salengo. Hey, how the hell are you? Good to see you. Hey, buddy. Wow. And he looks great in a middle part. That's what I know uh, about you from the internet. I, it's, I'm trying to get that challenge <laughs> off the ground. Carl, right. you know, Carl Sonnefield, your baby boy. Yeah. yeah. Was doing it. He's a yeah. sweet guy. He let me stay yeah. in his... In his, when I was doing your club, he let me stay. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Carl was very uh, open door policy of uh, any visiting comedian. <laughs> it was He's like, wonderful. stay on my couch. <laughs> I don't know. I, it wasn't his couch. It was his bed with no sheets, and uh, <laughs> and I don't think he told his roommates, so they were uncomfortable. So I mostly just hid in there and went to the movies yeah, all yeah. day until uh, it was time to make it hey, Sounds you know like what? I can't make fun lovely. of him because I could have put you up in a hotel, but I didn't. No, so. no, I loved it. I wasn't doing. I don't even think. I think I was only doing one show at your place. Yeah, yeah. And then I've had great experiences up there because there's another time you guys were going to let me stay at your house. Uh, but uh, you know, reasonably, I had to be there by like 11 p.m. But I was opening for John Doerr, mm. and he wanted to stay out drinking, so he <laughs> bought me. He yeah. bought me a hotel room, and I was the nicest thing. And they asked him for his ID, and he. Most guys doing this, it seemed like a dickhead move, but with him, it was just funny. He took his poster off the wall that he had from your comedy club. <laughs> he's like, there it is. Right there. 
That's uh, but he is the, he is the coolest. I've had wonderful, wonderful. He's so great. He's yeah. living in Alaska right now. Do you know that? Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah, insane. it's, it a, like it's an incredible. Yeah, yeah. it's an incredible uh, situation. Well, we don't need to talk about other comedians who aren't on the, po- on the podcast right now. But um, yeah, uh, it's always a delight whenever we can have you uh, at the club. Uh, uh, so we were talking a little bit off mic, but what are you doing? Uh, you're kind of like laying low a little bit, working on material and trying to figure out, Hey, is all this shit I wrote over the summer going to have to be thrown away and write a new set for fall? (laughs) Well, we reopen, you say writing, which Mm. isn't really my style. Uh, (laughs) it's tough. Well, we got back, we had a few months off, which I desperately needed. I was already like burnt out and I was like, I, there's no way I could take a break. (laughs) And then this happened and I was like, Thank God, you know, not thank God that some people are getting sick and dying, but I was like, thank God I just got to stay in my house for a while because I really wanted that. And then you started to get the itch after a couple months and then shows started popping up and I was doing like two, three shows a week. And I was like, this is the right amount. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, every, every night is not the right amount. Uh, and that felt great. And I started developing a new set because I can't, I can't just like sit and write. I don't know if it's laziness or what, but it's just like, I need to be doing stuff and have things happening. Uh, and <laughs> you just don't have like work. stimuli in your life yeah, to inspire absolutely. your art. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree because I don't think yeah. your brain can process things if things aren't happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just not interesting. And I don't like, you know, if I, I've tried writing out full jokes, but then it's like me trying to met remember them on stage which i have a terrible memory and it's just not funny so i got i worked out a full new set for the summer and now we've had another five months off and I, that's all old and i forgot it all so now i've got to just create a whole new set i think i've got two new jokes that are keepers so that's good <laughs> and then we'll, we'll figure the rest out yeah yep it's gonna be an interesting new world i just love putting things into the notes app in my phone oh yeah <laughs> on end and having no idea if they're anything like the first time I get the opportunity to say any of this stuff into a microphone it could very well just be all garbage yeah. it's, you have no idea I have I think I got high and watched the Twilight Zone which I don't smoke weed very much because I freak the hell out but I did and then I got I found a note in my app that just said uh, a guy tries to seduce lady by flipping a bunch of switches <laughs> and it was inspired by the Twilight, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And I was trying to imagine how I thought that was funny. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> I love the idea. It like it, it does feel like you know, Annie, your your process before might have been write a couple of notes in your notes app, go to an open mic that night, try mm. it out, figure it out. And I exactly. love the idea of you coming out of a pandemic with like seven pages of notes and being like, "Is are any of these anything?" I and a microphone. <laughs> Just I mean, literally, listing like, them down. some of them are just good points. Like, yeah. they're not jokes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just preaching. It's that. Yeah. Most of it's that and, like, grocery list that I have. And I'm like, yeah. what a chicken? That's not yeah. Oh, gross. I have to, like, go through. I'm like, is that a joke? Yeah. Oh, like, that's so funny. This uh, that's not a joke. Well, we'll all get back to it soon. Um, I, I feel like maybe Casey, you're a little younger than us, but uh, what, what what was your TV jam when you were growing up? What were the shows you were watching? I'm assuming it wasn't MacGyver. Um, but, no, MacGyver. Yeah, MacGyver was a little before my time. I was big. I loved cartoons, you know, like the, like the Nicktoons. I was a big Doug, Rugrats, mm-hmm. Rocco's Modern Life. Still holds up. Very funny. Uh, very weird show. Very weird. There's just so much jokes. There's just jokes. For some reason, the turtle, I think, I forgot his name. I think it was Norbert. He just walked in. He's like, I found a banana in the driveway. <laughs> I'm going to put it in the fridge. I don't remember why that stuck with me as being very funny. Rocco was getting beat up one time and he goes, look over there, a wild pig. And then there's a, and then there's a big pig goes, I'm a wild pig. And then they chase the pig. And I don't know why that really started being funny. It is Uh, kind of fun to think about the things that you were presented with when you were a child that you just accepted with no questions asked. Like you were just like, oh yeah, this is, this is what entertainment is. It's true. I think maybe uh, like maybe the late nineties, early two thousands was when like, uh, kids animation started deciding like, hey, we can also put shit in here for like smarter people. Like I remember because yeah. I had a kid at a young age and my kid was watching a lot of Fairly Odd Parents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I remember watching that with her being like, this is hilarious. Like there's a ton of adult shit in this. And that was not the case when I was a kid, you know? Yeah, they made it stupid for kids. And then I think when I started growing, like Ren and Stimpy, my brother was into huge, but that would like freak me out. The animation 
was weird. They'd have like a guy swimming with like his butt coming up out of the water, and then they're, like they'd get a close up of like an old man's butt, and it was too <laughs> detailed. And I'm like a band aid coming off, and I'm like this. Yeah, it's a little freak. That show out. was <laughs> too much for me, and I yeah. can't even. I couldn't say why, but it just uh, was upsetting to me. It's it upsetting. The, it's like it's the upsetting. pace of it and the visceral kind of yeah. like on. Yeah, it, it never ends. It's very like relentless. I didn't yeah. have the emotional constitution to, yeah. to handle it. I no. just was like, I, I'm too sensitive for this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's the thing. I had an older brother and sister, so I was shown things that I should have never watched. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I would try to rent like Dunstan Checks In and they'd be like, no, what about this? <laughs> exactly. What about this movie? And I'll be like, Dunstan all right. Is that Bob Newhart? Is that who's in that? Dunstan or is that the Ch- other? Oh, uh, no, it's Bob the other Newhart guy. No, movie. no, no, no. He's uh, not in. I forget. I, I believe, Bo- is Bob Newhart in Monkey Trouble? But no, Dun- Dunstan <laughs> checks in. Um, was, I oh, think it that, was that George been, Costanza. I think it's Tim Curry, is in Oh, that you know movie. who I was going to guess is, um, God, the guy, oh. Who's the guy who was in the body swap movie with Kirk Cameron? Uh, now we're really going off the rails. Oh I have no rails. idea what you're Dunstan, talking about. Dunstan checks in. Jason Alexander. I was right. So oh, Jason was he? Alexander, okay. Faye Dunaway, Rupert Everett, Paul Rubens. Uh, mm. But my brother and sister would rent some movie. I remember this one called Doom Generation. There's like parts where like a guy was watching a girl bathe and then like. I didn't realize he was masturbating. He picks his hands up and there's oh like God. white stuff all over it and he licks it off. And I was like, what is that? I remember I was like, I'm like seven. I had no idea. And I remember I was the only one who was like, I should not be seeing this. But yeah. nobody that else nobody else dynamic. agreed with me. Yeah, yeah, I had with my older sister where she would show me things intentionally to freak me out. And then I would run to my parents oh, saying, man. like, I saw this. And then my sister would get in trouble. Um, and that <laughs> is, was just on a loop for That's, my childhood. Yeah, I didn't nobody got in trouble. Everyone's like telling me to grow up. And we uh, would watch, I watched The Simpsons. I used to watch The Simpsons like four times a day because it would be, when I got cable in my room, it was on four times a day and I'd watch every single episode. And I thought I was just being lazy, but it, that was like comedy training. Like you yeah, go back sure. and that's like, <laughs> like comedic timing, the jokes, like everything still works. And like, I yeah. thought I was just being a chubby, lazy kid, but <laughs> I, was, I was preparing for my future. That's amazing. So, no, that kind of um, stuff. Yeah. You, got, you all had better access than I did. I had parents who were very strict about what I could and could not watch. Mm. I think maybe I could, the one like very, uh, very clear memory I have is going over to a, a friend's house whose mom just let him run wild and watching my uh. first R-rated movie, which was Kentucky Fried Movie. Oh wow! Crazy. First like naked nudity I've ever seen in a movie. It was very nice. formative. Um, nice. All right. Well, great. Uh, I, I, I feel like I really want to get into this episode of MacGyver because there's so much to talk about with that. Um, and usually what we like to do is get a little summary to refresh our memory and our listeners' memory on what happened. Uh, so, Annie, will you give us a summary of Three for the Road? I would love to. <laughs> um, okay. So what happened in this episode is... MacGyver is at a motel in California to meet Tony, a friend who is mixed up in the mob. Tony is shot dead almost immediately, but not before stashing millions of counterfeit dollars in a stranger's car. That stranger is Guy Roberts, a flamboyant silver screen actor who discovers the money. The next day, MacGyver has car trouble on the road home, and Guy and his wife June pick him up. The trio is chased by three mobsters looking to retrieve the counterfeit money. MacGyver sacrifices several parts of the Cadillac to slow down the bad guys, eventually luring them into a deserted town and saving the day by knocking them all unconscious. Fantastic. Wow. Did you write that? That was great. <laughs> I just read it. I was going to say. Well, that you was... read it like in a single breath and a single take. That was that was remarkable. <laughs> that was, that was, I was going to say it was extremely concise and accurate. Wow, my, my public radio training is yeah, that's what that one is. thing, yeah. and it is recapping and reading out yeah. <laughs> recaps of TV shows. It was worth it. Whatever kind of debt you're in, it's yeah. worth it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Kind of Don't in. go to journalism school, kids, if you're no. listening to this. Um, well, we like to start with talking about the low-hanging fruit. What are the things we absolutely have to talk about in terms of this episode? Casey, uh, what, when you flip this on, your impressions of like, what am I got? Have you ever seen MacGyver before? I don't. Time? I think I've seen clips, not really glimpses. Very yeah, aware. I'm sure you know, you know the know. tropes and everything. Uh, what All was your first vi- impression of this episode? I thought it was fun. I thought it was cool. My first impressions, I love like campy 80s. This was 80s, right? This wasn't, this yeah. was like mm-hmm. mid-80s. Mid yeah, um, 
I Very love campy, campy this one. Yeah. 80s stuff. I also love MacGyver was so polite. I didn't know that. I expected <laughs> him to be like more of a douchebag, but he was like, he didn't really want to res- like when he put his jacket down and to fight the guy and he just pulled it out. I was like, he's very, he doesn't want to resort to violence. Very polite. Uh, a real like science nerd. Very nice to everybody. I appreciated all that. Um, yeah, there's, it was very like science dork heavy. I didn't realize how he explains exactly what he's doing. Uh, I was like, who wrote this and why they just wanted to get these weird science experiments out on the air. And, um, <laughs> I loved that. I I really identified with the old actor mm. who like <laughs> is just desperate for people to notice him, yeah. and uh, <laughs> clearly has not done like good movies, but like wants to impress his wife and stuff like that. And He's I was, like, the I most really relatable did. person in this show. I, I was, was like, like, I feel, I feel it. <laughs> I feel for over this guy. the top, like I cartoonish know. thespian was the one you related to the most. Yeah, like I just uh, when I went to go visit my dad, he was like, whenever I'm like, this movie's get annoying after a while, but I'm like, we're watching a movie, and I'm like, oh, I know that guy, like I do stand up with that guy, and I'm like, this must sound so annoying, but I just want them to think, you know, successful at all. (laughs) I think most of us, most of us watched the Super Bowl this year and went like, I know that guy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and you want people to be impressed, and nobody's ever very impressed. Nobody cares ever. Great, but uh, and uh, so I really identified with that the whole trick the tricks to get the guys uh off their case very incredible uh <laughs> yeah i just thought it was, it was good old good old-fashioned fun and i loved it uh, i'm glad we never like to punish people with these shows so no no <laughs> no glad. punishment what whatsoever I, what was your kind of low-hanging fruit annie what were your impressions oh gosh um I mean, there there are a couple of things that I could not stop thinking about. The first is that how did that shot kill Tony? Like, there is no way (laughs) that Tony would have died from that gunshot wound. It was like in his like, it just like I didn't buy. Yeah, yeah, I didn't buy Tony dying, so that kind of took me out of it a little bit. Um, But I do like a road story, and I feel like I really like MacGyver on the road as kind of his his like journey he's a very good road trip kind of guy um with one exception he like just ruined their entire car for no reason (laughs) i could not stop thinking about it and like i get that he fixes the car Mm -hmm. um and he keeps promising he's gonna fix it but i don't think that they reacted appropriately to what was happening which is (laughs) him just tearing their car to pieces again for no reason like i i it is unclear to me why he had to take like that light cap off and use that as a cup all he needed yeah. was a cup like right. you can't find mm. any other vessel mm. to use for that um and ripping the um the filler out of their seats that just seemed also like can't you use something else for that, so that yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it was absurd to the point of like okay um but i loved how the mobster like i sort of like the mobsters vibe um because <laughs> for once like we had a villain that was like semi believable you know like these were cartoonish mobsters but they but it wasn't that racist um which for this show is pretty good <laughs> oh, the bar is low <laughs> is it i was wondering that because i was wondering I was like does he have normal villains or because he didn't seem to have any tie to these guys other than like was tony ever introduced before this or just just no. every episode it's like it's my friend tony yes it's one shot to the side belly and dies yeah. immediately and it's like whoops and now he's this on the is, run this yeah. is not the first old friend of macgyver to just eat it immediately yeah. um right after being introduced but like typically um like a typical episode will have macgyver like traveling to some far-flung location and the depiction of whatever culture he's visiting is always incredibly racist sure. and inaccurate and bad um sure. so this was almost like they just kind of like i feel like they were more sensitive about like italian american stereotypes mm. than anything else on this show what <laughs> what do you think of that Nathan? Uh, i agree and actually um i have a theory about this which we talked about in the last mob movie we did with the, the guy with the witness protection situation with the baseball coach that whole situation which well, is that yeah they refused to use like an italian surname all their surnames are irish they, all their yeah. italian mobsters they all have italian first names and irish 
Tony, what is it? Tony Sullivan was this guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like they are afraid of the mob. I think there are producers who make this show in the 80s who genuinely have mob ties. And they're like, we got to paint these guys like they're Irish and like they're, you know, it's very, they're afraid to make Italians bad guys, I think. Yeah, uh, I felt like this was very, uh, very much in that vein. So it reminded me of the it was the guy who they put in witness protection that they refused to to admit was Italian, even yes. though <laughs> clearly his like character was clearly yeah. written that way. Oh um, but I feel like that like it's just so funny that every other ethnicity and race, they're fast and yeah. loose with yeah, everything. Totally. Um mm. And when it comes to Italian Americans, it's like the most reverent portrayal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's fun. I love it. I mean, I agree with you, like about the road movies and stuff. Uh, this one kind of reminded me of uh, Last Stand, which is like our highest scored episode of this podcast. Um, and, and like that, him out on the open road kind of thing really works well. Um, uh, I liked. I really liked the bald-faced theatricality of this episode. It was just silly and over-the-top and campy. It was a little too funny, but I thought it was like silly and fun to watch as opposed to some of these other ones that get really preachy and shitty. Um, the my one of my things that I I really just couldn't stop thinking about was, um, you know, this entire way through. Um, the way that uh, the silver screen legend is being portrayed, where he just talks in a completely unrealistic, like over the top Shakespearean flowery way mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, and the way that MacGyver is constantly kind of like either getting uh, his credits wrong or rolling his eyes at him. I was just thinking about how MacGyver's the stand in for us. Right. And so in, in the 80s, I just felt like I feel like like everybody else in the country just thought of of movie making and actors as like, oh, those are the crazy loons in Hollywood. <laughs> like mm -hmm. they say the word Hollywood like 50 times in this episode yeah. as though it's like this big, great thing. And I was just like, I think we've gotten so accustomed to like knowing how the sausage is made, seeing all the behind the, the scenes shit. Anybody can be a celebrity now. But back then I feel like we just had this whole other category for like those crazy artists like who have, who make their highfalutin, you know, kind of films and television. Um, I, it was just a different way of a, of like seeing Hollywood and actors and stuff. And I felt like they were poking fun at it. I feel like the producers were like these actors and their egos. Am I right? Like the mm, whole thing felt mm -hmm. very like, uh, yeah, very different than I, how we treat yeah. celebrity and actors in Hollywood today. Yeah. Because that guy was not revered by MacGyver or really no. his wife, um, for yeah. much of the episode at <laughs> no. all. And like, I just, I did like the choice of him continuing to like recite his own credits um, yes. <laughs> to like no one asked him you know yes. what i mean like and and, like, and erroneously no erroneously <laughs> and his own his own wife's sole job seemed to be just to know his credits and, yeah. <laughs> and correct him on them that's what i like i think it it worked for him because he clearly was you know washed up so i feel like he would talk in this way so that people know he's an actor you know what i mean so people yeah, know to right. respect them and his wife was constantly like covering for his ego, uh, knowing that he probably hates himself deep down inside. And he's not successful. And they would do like like the stuff when he asked for the pen to, you know, do some one of his MacGyver tricks. And he thought he was going for an autograph. You know, I thought MacGyver could have been like, shut the fuck up. This is yeah. <laughs> That's a trick, you dumbass. But he just went along pretending he wanted the autograph. And I was like, that's very sweet. Everyone's like playing in this guy's delusion so he doesn't feel bad. And then uh, the guy had his comeuppance at the end where he like admitted that he was a failure. And I was like, Everyone, I thought it was, it was pretty sweet. And, the way yeah, and MacGyver admitted that he actually remembered him in something, which made yeah, it, it was a nice. Yeah. 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 But that guy, I mean, he needed some tough love, though. Like, I think he, he could have benefited from his wife being like, look, like, you haven't been yeah. working much. Um, mm. <laughs> you're stealing counterfeit money. Like, yeah, I yeah. need... I need yeah. you. Well, she does. And she does get to have her moment when she got, gets pissed at him, which I loved. I thought she was really good in that moment. Like, and I mean, honestly, like goofy MacGyverisms aside, uh, this actually is not the worst written episode we've seen. Like they're like you True. were talking about Casey, like this, like the, you were giving them so much credit in terms of like this guys, the character's backstory and the wife and the whole thing, but they do really do a fairly good job of painting these characters and giving them an arc and like it, much better than they usually do. It's uh, mm. I mean, it's the villains they phoned in. Um, and I yeah. was like, I was like, I could, it's so funny to me when a villain is at a 10 all the time. Like this, oh, yeah. this villain has anger and that's all he ever has. He's just pissed off the whole, and for 45 minutes, he's just pissed off at his two 
compatriots, it's hard to maintain that level like for the entire time without it getting kind of one note. And they also had no other plan. Like they were so dumb that like the idea that like, okay, a bag of counterfeit money goes missing, right? And that that bag is being driven away. They have no other idea of what to do. They can't try to figure out how to make more. They can't right. figure out how <laughs> yeah. to like get get some from another avenue. Like this, like they are just had their one note. That's it. Yeah, catch up with this car. And they are also they just plan to walk after the car. And the guy's like, "We're just gonna walk." And he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna walk." And I would be like, "No, <laughs> the car could be so far away." I mean, exactly. it worked out. Just by chance, it worked out. But his plan was just to walk after this car. Yeah. Saying yeah. they would have to stop at some point. But like, how yeah. long would they have to stop for? What the hell? I'd be like, I'm not walking. We're also, we're in full suits for, in the desert. <laughs> we're wearing very uncomfortable desert. shoes. We could have dressed differently. Here. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. it did work out for him. Yeah, out. that backstory of what was going on criminally was very loose. It was like very unsatisfying. Um, uh, uh, to the point where... I was very tickled when uh, MacGyver discovers its counterfeit bills by the fact that all the serial numbers are the same. I was like, that mm-hmm. seems like a counterfeiting 101 situation mm-hmm. where it's like... It worked think to pay make... the hotel bill, though. Like It, it sure no. did. Uh, but yeah. you would think that they would make different serial numbers. Counterfeiters would do that, right? <laughs> like that feels Although I will say, like, I've worked in retail before and the tricks that they teach you to, like, spot fake money, non-existent. Like, there you don't ever be... think about those again no is that what you're saying no, like you don't, like, I've, tri- check. I've done the tricks and i i think i was just pretending the whole time because i'm like i don't really know so they're like there's like a light thing a marker, yeah, you look and i'm like i'm just pretending. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and, oh and basically God. we're only taught to do that with like large bills anyway so it just yeah. it, <laughs> the whole idea of counterfeiting it seems really easy to me i think we should get into it yeah. um <laughs> and start can. Another thing about retail, you can rob retail blind. Another thing they told us is that if somebody is stealing, you can't do anything to stop mm-hmm. them. They That's basically right. said, by the time you call, I worked in an American Eagle in the mall. Like by the time you call security, they'll probably be gone. Yeah. <laughs> so there's literally nothing. So if you want to steal from a store in a mall, just do it. Just walk in, scoop up the whole front table, and walk out. I worked at the Gap. It happened to us uh, several times a year. Someone would just come in, pick up all of the jeans, yeah. and walk mm-hmm. straight out with them. Okay. There's, well, I- there's truly nothing you can do. I mean, I was working at a Kohl's one time in high nice. school, and I I was at the register, and the little phone rings, and I pick it up, and it's like the loss prevention people, and they're like, hey – keep an eye on these people you're about to check out, see if anything looks weird, but don't say or do anything. And so like, I checked them out. I'm obviously like, I have no idea what I'm looking for. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. Are they paying with money? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm selling them the stuff. And then they leave and they're like, yeah, they just stole like whatever, no, <laughs> yeah. no. like thousands of dollars yeah. of merchandise. I'm like, cool. <laughs> yeah. We are like a 17 year old. We're going to make I was wage. a high school junior. What, what am are you going to do? do? I was also a double agent. Cause like my dad lived in a housing project in Vermont, uh, in Rutland, uh, forest park. I think it's been torn down now. Is <laughs> torn down 40 years earlier but literally all the goods i got as a child where it was a man who stole stuff and he had a big shopping cart and he would just come through jeans tvs any gaming system i had he just bought he had meat (laughs) (laughs) so like i was on this guy's side of being like oh he's giving back to the community that needs it so i i I'm all down for theft because people. Yeah. I, I yeah. love that he also carried like raw meat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I people love people just buy meat from this guy in jean shirts and no shirt out of a shirt. People would gather around. It was the best time of the fucking week. It was great. That's great. That's like the original food cart. Well, uh, I, I thought of you, Annie, when we when we catch up with Pete, because um, we're just coming off recording a live podcast where Annie and I wrote an episode of MacGyver, essentially. Wow. And um, and we would catch up with the Pete character, the boss character in our fan fiction episode. He's eating barbecue. And in this, he's assembling a rowing machine. <laughs> I mean, it's just always about his weight or his eating habits. Like, that's how we keep him busy on the other side of the phone call. Right. Uh, so funny. 
That's this great. So up. let me, I, th- I think, I, so there's no central nemesis for MacGyver. It's just like. Not at this point in the series. Later okay. he gets one, but we we haven't been introduced to that character yet. Oh, okay. Just villains just of general. the weeks. That's what they are. Yep. And, and what's his job? <laughs> I wasn't clear on. You know, you think something. that would be made clear in this show, yeah. but it really never. They have a two-minute credit sequence. They could tell you during. You know what I mean? I <laughs> yeah, he was like they said he was a former something or other. I missed. I yeah, missed he works it. for the Phoenix Foundation, Phoenix. which is a like they work with the government or they are it's a, a government. It's a agency. CIA adjacent think tank. That sends okay, him out on tank. any manner of missions to try to. It's he's the guy that like when you don't want to send in a SWAT team, this guy will send him in with no gun and he'll figure it out. That's mm-hmm. kind of the, the vibe. Um, but they, I mean, they. <laughs> it's a company of conven- convenience when they need someone to yeah. d- deal with endangered animals or they need someone to smuggle someone out from behind enemy lines. It's the same guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could give him a gun. They could. Right? Like it would make he's, things way. I mean, he's really against be, them. Right. He's very. Oh, he's, he's very against them. He's okay. anti-gun. That That's is the, one That's of the nice. few things we know about him. Um, he's right. very anti-gun, and he um, he's like the ultimate jack of all trades, yeah. to the point where it is like zero believability, like that this guy would be the one to come into like a nuclear disaster and also to save some eagles. But I love I love that that Casey's suggestion <laughs> is that maybe his boss just hasn't given him a gun yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't know. I mean, I guess he's he would. I think they give him one. Yeah. Well, Pete is not. Pete does not have it together. So, like, I would, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. You're going to meet meet with some mob bosses, but don't take a gun. Yeah, Um, that was, and also like, um, it made me feel so stupid. Not just that he knew, even the smallest thing. Like he knew to like connect these the stuff to metal, the car horn. But even the mobster was like fresh oil. That means I like wouldn't even have noticed that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. absolutely not. (laughs) It's it's wet on the ground. I don't know. I guess I'll just keep walking. Like, I, I would have died out in that stupid. desert. Like if my car broke down, yeah. I would just be done. Um, and I have no clue. this guy's looking for trails. I don't of know oil if you were an and... adult man in 1986 and you didn't know cars. I guess. You know, yeah. You'd be shamed. I know. Cause I was growing up. <laughs> uh, my dad would be like, get over here. We're going to change the oil. I'd be like, I want to watch TV. <laughs> 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 um, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, I love the fact that uh, MacGyver's first, you know, he start. He only starts sacrificing the Cadillac after he's thrown everything out of the car at them, which I think is that's a really funny. Mm-hmm. I expect mm-hmm. him to immediately start solving problems because that's what kind of what he does. But like he just does what you and I would do, which is like throw suitcases out right. the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I felt a little ineffectual, but um, I love the swashbuckling scene at the end. I think that was a nice touch. Oh, that was beautiful. Oh, the fencing. Yeah, the fact that that guy got to uh, got to fence, even though MacGyver still knocked him out at the end because he's got to always be. I just wanted I just wanted that guy to be happy as a man, you know, as yeah. a guy comedian <laughs> who's, you know, semi successful at some points, trying yeah. to convince his wife that uh, you know, I will make us money off this someday. I really felt for this guy. <laughs> so, I was on his side the whole way. That was you were suit. like you saw that flower made a paper mm-hmm. and you were like, I gotta remember that one. Uh-huh, uh-huh, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, if I found a bag of money and counterfeit, hell yeah. I would pretend I married it off an acting job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and what was the name of the uh, the project that he made up on the spot? I believe uh, I it was down, Space Pirates. Yes, yeah. Space Pirates, which I would see the shit out of the movie. That sounds right. That was out. great. He said it's a working title. And I'm like, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. that's but that's like a real thing, though, that like all those old silver screen, yeah. screen actors got so old and stopped getting parts and they started putting them in like 50s, 60s sci-fi shit, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Bella Lugosi and like the creatures from the Lost Lagoon kind of things, uh, yeah. It felt like uh, that because that was like the most ignoble way that you know a theater actor who had been trained and you know done the big, the great roles could end up as some shitty sci-fi movie, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it so, was kind of cool to see this throwback look at like what people think of a serious actor is, you know, because I feel like we've kind of lost that, you know, the same person can do a Marvel Marvel movie and then can do a play and then can do like an indie, you know, really like critically acclaimed movie. And like, nobody thinks anything of it, but like to remember there was a time when it was like, 
oh, you like either do Shakespeare or you're like a TV actor um, who who people don't think of the same way. So I I thought that was like kind of a very of its time thing. Yeah, the whole thing's changed. Remember when people wouldn't do commercials? They like they'd mm-hmm. only do like these weird like Japanese commercials because it's embarrassing. And now these huge stars are taking all my go- I go out for commercial auditions and I've never booked anything. And then I see. Tom Cruise and Patrick Mahomes never commercial. I'm like, yeah. come on, guys, save some jobs. <laughs> I, do enough th- money. I do think that jobs commercials should 100% be for stand-up comics only. Yes, like, that's I, what I think. I in no I'll way want to see like Jennifer Lawrence shilling for, you know, American Express. Like that doesn't need to happen. <laughs> there was a period of time there in between where like I remember Jennifer Lopez, I think maybe did like a Chrysler voiceover. Because they yeah. would do like they would not show their faces, mm-hmm. but you'd know it was their voice, and that was like their way of doing it without being like slumming it in the commercials, right? That, it makes me so. Even John Cena, who I already hated from wrestling, he ruined a whole <laughs> whole generation. He buried a whole generation of wrestlers, and now he's taking all the goddamn commercial jobs. Like, <laughs> this guy's gonna piss me off for the rest of my damn life. John well, Cena. I got to mention it there. There are right. Japanese uh, beer commercials that Richard Dean Anderson, MacGyver, did. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, They're great. I will post one of them. Uh, they're really I am fun. okay with that. I don't think I would put him on the <laughs> no. same level. No, no, no. Uh, but you you never know. They might have offered him like brand stuff in the U.S. And he was like, I don't want to do commercials in the U.S. And then they, you know, but he's in Japan. At that time, no one's going to see this shit. Yeah. Yeah. What I would like to see is more comedians doing like those beauty ads where you see like Jennifer Garner like washing her face or something and it's like an ad for makeup or or skincare. I just want to see the grossest comedian (laughs) do that. I should be in that. Not people that are naturally (laughs) the most beautiful people in the world. What the hell? (laughs) Like if this product works, it should work for anyone. Yeah. I got like me with a. A lazy eye and can't if brush it works hair. on this guy with oh, mask good. acne who's been telling jokes in his bedroom <laughs> for the last year. <laughs> yeah, it's not right. It's not right. All three bad guys, they sported all three of the bad guy haircuts that you can sport, oh, I yeah. thought. Uh, mm-hmm. That whole motel scene with them was very, very fun and campy. Uh, I liked a lot of stuff about this. I liked um, I like, I, I liked the woman who played June. I liked that she had her kind of conf- confrontation scene with her husband. Uh, the vistas were beautiful. The synth bed music shit was great. Um, yeah. MacGyver's never looked better. Like He was mm. super like blonde and fun. Um, yeah, so I liked a, people, a lot of this. Sorry, he was, people thought he was like hot. Was he like a heartthrob, right? I, I think I don't know. How I does think it, how he was like a niche that? thing because I think this yeah. show was only kind of popular. It was like a family friendly kind of Monday night thing. And uh, I, I was into it because it was one of the only things I got. But yeah. uh, and I think there were moms who were like their kids were watching it. And the moms were like, he's yeah. handsome. But he wasn't like on the fucking, you know, cover of people. I don't he think he wasn't no. like Annie. Do you think he's hot? I don't really, I'm not that into it. Like there are times where um, there are episodes of this show where I feel like he looks better than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he, he, the vibe is a little too dad for me. I, yeah. I think, I think he's like meant to be kind of like a boyishly handsome kind of like every man, not like mm-hmm. a heartthrob because he's 40 by the time he gets this role. So he's not like. You know what I mean? I think you got to be like 28 when you get famous to be like yeah. a heartthrob, right? Well, it's still like we were watching The Good Place and I asked my wife if she thought Ted Danson was hot now. And she goes, <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, I was like, yeah. I was like, a yes, what a, what a surprise. Yeah. I think there's no <laughs> hesitation like, whatsoever. Oh, no, it was an oh, yeah, it was guttural. Because Ted Danson is also got to be... 70, right? 70, yeah. He still looks great. And he's never really lost it. He was a heartthrob back in the day. Yeah, and there's somebody who was a heartthrob. And I think he has a background in sports. Like, I think Mm. he um, was like an athlete originally. So, yeah. He's 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 all together. Beautiful hair. Uh, Yeah. So funny. He's a great guy. Um, Oh, there's some of the lines I I pulled out were, nice to know chivalry's not dead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's mm-hmm. like some stuff from the 80s where you're like oh boy um he he knew uh pete says he knew the risks when he uh when he, he was taken when he dealt with the mob and i love those kind of oversimplifications that they you know they're like of course this guy he knew and it's his yeah. fault that he yeah. died because he got involved yeah. with the mob and it's like yeah. you don't understand that <laughs> you know if you've watched uh, like fucking he was Ozark, murdered you know, in like, cold blood like yeah. in, in 
broad daylight yeah, in a hotel. Yeah, like yeah. that's maybe he got mixed up in it for some reason. Maybe they have his daughter or something. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he needs like a kidney transplant for yeah. his daughter. Like he deserved it. <laughs> and they just left his body out there to rot. Uh, no, I gotta do four reps was, on this rowing machine. Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. It was peak Pete showing up and being useless though at the end where he's just standing next to MacGyver while they unveil yeah. the car uh yeah. that got fixed. I was just Love like, it. why are you here? I totally missed Pete somehow. I don't know. I missed him at the end. I don't know where he was just there. And I think he provided the exposition that, you know, MacGyver used his bonus to, uh, Oh, also, he said this line, uh, you stop the boys with the funny money from saturating the entire West Mar West Coast no, market with it. <laughs> I heard that. I forget who said like, that. Usually he does the the exposition at the top of the episode. But in this case, we got the little uh, denouement from him. Mm, yeah, that's uh, right. It's his whole job. Just exposition. No, you want to set the stakes at the end of it. So no one gets a shit <laughs> hey, for the whole episode. <laughs> that's true. I was like, why do they care that much? About it? Yeah, like, we oh. should have known that at the beginning. It would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, I love, here's a phrase you never hear anymore that as a kid, when you were playing, you, you would say all the time is floor it. Like when you're playing mm. car, you would say floor it. Nobody says floor it anymore. He says it like three times in this episode. And I loved it. Um, uh, paperclip can be a wondrous thing. He has that whole line that is much quoted. Uh, I see it all the time on the internet. Um, and then uh, I liked, uh, he, he says a relationship takes work uh, and you have to have the right tools, which is another one of those little, are you making a dick joke, MacGyver? Kind <laughs> of thing. Does he have a lady in his life or no? No, Ever? they come in and out. Um, uh, he's a rambling man. Yeah, um, but life. I also, I don't know how you guys felt, but I, it's a funny idea to have MacGyver at the end do something theatrical, but the way that he says the thread mm. at the end, it's so And then he stupid. spits on the car like an idiot. I hate Does that. he? I missed that. Yeah, well, he blows too. on the car. Oh, yeah, I, right. He blows the thread it. off the car yeah. to show him it's uh, it's not a scratch, right? But just yes. the, the word thread, like, why was that the choice? I even looked it up to see if it was like a famous play or something where someone says scratch and someone says thread. It's not. It's just, why? Why is he saying that word? Just making choices. I also am, I feel like the pandemic has traumatized me. Like, I never want to see someone like blow out birthday cake, like yeah. candles again. <laughs> like, that's, around. that's the kind of thing that I'm just like, I can't do it. So, when yeah. he, like, leans in real close to that guy and blows on the car. I was like, no. That's why uh, I had a friend, I have a friend who's like an Instagram model, and she's not really my friend. She just would come to my wife's comedy show all the time, and she'll post, like, this has been so hard for everyone. And the next story is her in like Cancun at a birthday party maskless <laughs> oh with somebody blowing out a birthday cake and it yeah. made it made me disgusted so, so she posted a super spreader event That's I couldn't I happened. was like do they not have it down there I don't know there is like know. an Instagram yeah. like influencer culture that where that's their life just hasn't stopped. And yeah, I don't know whether it's because they're able to get like testing all the time or they're not even caring or what, they're too young to get coronavirus. I don't know what it is, but it's disgusting to watch. Yeah. They're all young and hot and healthy. So I think they don't care or whatever. Um, the flat tummy tea. You won't get the virus. I, guess. <laughs> <laughs> I also love, uh, I, I would bring back cigarette lighters in cars. That's what I have to say. Oh, that's so fun to see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think about the, the MacGyverisms? Um, we, we had like, he disconnected the convertible top at one point. He, he made a rocket launcher. He used the car horn. What'd you think of all that? That was cool. The top was very cool. I mean, it could have easily not worked at all. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> you probably could have used almost anything else to like to do that, but that worked out. The bell, the bell thing was kind of, that was just mostly to, so they knew they were coming in. Is that what? Or to shock him when he did? Like, like he got shocked. Okay. He didn't get a shock, but he like, mm -hmm. it blew his eardrums out by surprise. And then okay. he got, just, a, just an excuse to hit the guy. That's it. Because part of me was confused. I was like, it, is it just so they know he's there? I was like, you just watch the door. Perfect <laughs> because th it, he could have been yeah. standing behind the door. When the guy walked through, he could have hit him with a board, but instead yeah. got to have a rig up a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I loved that. What else? I've, I don't remember all the stuff. Here. Oh, we need just repairing the fuel line, all that stuff. I was like, I don't know anything about cars. That could just be a normal way to fix it. But yeah. This guy's so smart. He's so damn smart. He's so smart. Pissed me oh, off. How does he do wish that? I, knew, I know. I wish I knew anything. I was like, <laughs> make yeah, me mad. It does feel like, yeah, we've gotten so far away from being able to know how physically things work that uh -huh. this all seems like, oh, I guess it makes sense. That's why I wish I had one skill. Like, 
I know a guy who can like fix cars and like people like trade him things. I was like, I need to learn how to like knit, like any like one skill that I could <laughs> yeah. trade people for stuff, and I have nothing. Right. Um, well, a couple of pieces of trivia I thought you might find interesting. The car was also used in Beverly Hills Cop Two. Oh, I just watched that recently. Wow, that really? makes sense. Cool, yeah. Um, that little piece of trivia that they say at the beginning that Andy Williams dubbed Lauren McCall's voice has been debunked. Oh, wow. Why would they say that? Uh, it was a urban legend that went around for a long time. No. Uh, the old, This old guy who plays Guy in this episode, did you recognize him, Annie? Because I recognized him, and I was like, why do I know this guy? No. He he is the boss in Knight Rider. Oh. Which we watched okay. an episode of for this podcast, and he's like, oh, he's yeah. like the proper old boss that you know sends michael out on his things um he also has a fast i mean he is he is this guy he uh-huh. get this he was in a production of othello with orson wells that was directed by Lawrence olivier wow. and, he, and for over a thousand performances he played henry higgins in my fair lady like on broadway wow, so this incredible. actor Legit. must have had a blast with this episode like just i mean chewing he must the scenery have just, yeah. <laughs> like loved every minute of this because he gets to be like a caricature of himself right. um totally. totally so that's yeah that's kind of cool although the the key difference being this guy in real life actually got work including <laughs> right. MacGyver and Knight Rider. <laughs> right, exactly. What made you guys choose MacGyver? Do you like Knight Rider better or was this just one like what why you why are you doing this? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we just have an FAQ that we send to our guests. FAQ. Why, yeah. why uh, the the short version is uh I, as I mentioned before, this was like the only show I got when I was a kid. That's, and it was you know, one of okay. the only ones my parents would let me watch. So I got obsessed with it when I was nine and uh, I wanted to watch it again and I dragged Danny into it. Cool. That's great. <laughs> did you watch A Team? I did a deep dive on Mr. I didn't Chief have access to A Team. I did see a bunch of Magnum when I was a little older, but I did not have access to A Team or Airwolf because I had rabbit ears. Great. Yeah. You we know? had those too until I was like 10. And then I was 19. I've always been a little bit turned off by A Team because I, I dated someone in college who, when I went to his dorm room for the first time, I found that he had still from his childhood that he brought to college with him. A team bed sheets oh, wow. and a full comforter. And th- that was like his. Wow. Is that bad? Identity. Um, <laughs> that bad? Really? It was his personality. Uh, it yeah. was. It was bad. I still dated him for four years. But, oh, there you um, go. Casey says, well, you can't see his Casey's in front of his bed, which has Doug sheets on yeah. it. <laughs> I have the old, the oldest thing I own is Star Wars Episode One pod racing pillowcases that I still have. My wife bought like real pillowcases, but that was the one thing I still own. Because I was like, yeah, they're good pillowcases. I mean, like, I don't love pod racing. But, you yeah. Know, <laughs> I love thing. that's like just a, such a practical mindset. It's like they're still good. Yeah, I'm right. still yeah. keeping them. That's what I have. I still have them somewhere. But yeah, everything else Amazing. is gone. Uh, that's great. Well, we got to take a quick break here. When we return, we're going to find out more about uh, what Casey's up to these days. And we're going to rank this episode on our super scientific DTMP rating system. Stick around. We'll be right back. Guys, quick question. You ever find yourself deep diving headfirst into a Wikipedia article about some random topic you absolutely don't need to know about? But then, after learning everything about it, you feel smart and even happy? Well, here's the thing. Same here. So naturally, we did what we had to do and started a podcast. Hey, I'm Maggie. And I'm Maddie. And we're the hosts of the podcast, Okay, Fine, What? Each week, one of us learns everything about a random topic suggested by our guest then teaches the other, and you, all about it. So strap in and strap on. And get ready to say, okay, fine, what? Have a listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. If you like what you hear, like and subscribe. If not, have a great day. We're back with our guest, Casey. Uh, before we get into our final segment here, is there anything you want to tell people? Uh, you have a great podcast. What do you got to yes. plug that people want well, might want to know about? We have my podcast, The Good, The Dad, and The Ugly. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we just interview female comedians, try to learn and grow as men. We learn about each other and our friendships. It's it's a lot. Just talk about it. It's great. And before I listened to it, I, I would see it on social media and be like, is I would just see pictures of women. <laughs> 
Like, oh, I mean, yeah, feed is just yeah, full yeah. of pictures of women. Yeah, and I'm like, why yeah. are there so many women? It took me a minute to realize, like, oh, that's a deliberate choice. <laughs> well, that's why we're like, there's so many, you know, we're three straight white dudes, and usually a podcast like that can really go hard in one direction. Oh, you and think? Like, you, you yeah, think? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're like, what's the way we can kind of divert away from that? Um, so we have that. I think it's great. We just started our Patreon. Nice. Um, which so get on that support, which we started having male comedians on the Patreon, which I didn't realize, you know, optically how bad that looks, where it's like <laughs> the, we- the women are free, but you got to pay for them. Yeah, no, you got to pay <laughs> for the not. good guests. We um, didn't if you want to hear what the men think. <laughs> we were just like, what's a different idea we could have for the Patreon? Yeah. And then a few episodes in, I was like, oh shit, this isn't my good. <laughs> but uh, we're still doing other stuff and figuring the Patreon out, but we have a lot of fun on there. Um, and then my wife and I host a Zoom show nice. every Thursday. We have a, a show called Filth on Zoom. Uh, it's just the opposite of a clean show. So people just talk about, you know, gross, sexy, disgusting stuff. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I do that every Wednesday at eight. If you want any information about any upcoming shows and stuff, I put it all on my Instagram at KCJ Salengo. Check it out. You can get my album, Wild Country Phoenix. Very fun. And uh, that's it. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, we're going to move on to our final segment here. It's time for It's Classified. Yes. So we are on a mission to figure out what the best episode of MacGyver is. So Mm. we're going to rate this episode. Yeah. Kind of rapid fire through these categories. And uh, we're going to rate this episode of MacGyver on a couple of different categories. Uh, You're our guest, Casey. So you go first. On a scale of one to ten... How exciting do you think this episode was? I'll say six because I didn't find a lot. I wasn't really threatened by these guys at all. They're just three guys in a car. Like you said, I didn't really know the stakes fully. Uh, they seemed like they seemed like pretty, you know, easy to defeat, like background mobsters. It wasn't like one tough head guy so i mean the car chase part was cool but yeah i'll say it's six yeah i think that's fair cool mm-hmm. what you, yeah i i i agree with that i feel like i'm gonna go six as well i was most excited by the dynamics between um the married couple yeah. i thought that was kind of interesting because i'm like yeah. man these two have been together a long time and they're still like having to navigate all this stuff so i don't know i was more excited by like how's this gonna is she gonna leave him and follow her dreams like what's <laughs> what's gonna happen yeah 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 so i didn't get the ending i wanted but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a spinoff. You're always wanting a spinoff. Um, yeah, I th- I agree. I think in you know, I mean, to to its benefit, I think this episode kind of sacrifices excitement for story. Mm-hmm, uh, we mm-hmm. get like a little more story because they're like they have some wide open road and like yeah, there's the threat of the mobsters always after them, but there's also like these little downtime periods where we get to learn a little more about the characters and stuff. And I really kind of appreciated that. So exciting is not what I would call it, but uh, but uh, so yeah, so I think that's fair. Maybe a six. Um, Works for me too. Hey, six, six, six. Fun. Okay. Um, uh, Next category on a scale of one to 10, Casey, how well crafted is this episode? This means writing, editing, directing, acting, all the things that make a TV show. I'm going to say eight. I loved, I love the actor and his wife. And I, I thought that, you know, the very, the floral uh, presentation of his, of his language was seen very (laughs) intentional and was a good choice. Uh, I, I thought everybody did. That guy got shot and died pretty well, even though it didn't seem like a, a mortal wound. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say eight. I loved I didn't know there'd be a narration thing where my guy ever explains his tricks. And I found that very informative and helpful. And uh, yeah, eight. Yeah, they didn't overdo it this time. So you enjoyed it. <laughs> you mm-hmm, should check mm-hmm. out one where he won't stuff shut the fuck up the whole time. Oh, all right. But yeah, uh, it, it was. It, they used it like like a little bit more conservatively this time. Uh, great. What about you, Annie? So I usually score this really low um, because usually uh, the writing is is pretty rough, as is the acting. But this was an exception. This is, I think, one of the better crafted episodes. So I'm going to say seven point five. Nice. Yeah, that's a pretty high score for you. Um, Yeah, and uh, I agree. And it really, I don't know what it is about, like, I was thinking about the fact that just, it feels like just MacGyver stumbled into this situation, um, which is always kind of the best, uh, most credible kind of situation. I don't know. I liked it. Um, 
Yeah, I'll go with eight too. This was uh, this was like one of my favorite ones so far, just in terms of like how well made it was. Um, uh, all right, on a scale of one to five, now we're gonna switch from one to ten to one to five. So on a scale of one to five, how innovative was this episode? This is like the MacGyverism shit that he invents during the course of the episode. Uh, I'm gonna go with three. Like he kind of just cut the roof off. He didn't really do anything cool. Just kind of flew off and was made a shield. He fixed the car, which a lot of people can do. Uh, and then he made that charge thing, which is pretty cool, but partially unnecessary, uh, <laughs> but it's still pretty impressive. So I'm going to go three. All right. Three. Cool. What about you, Annie? Yeah. Innovation. I don't know. I mean, it's like all car maintenance and repair. <laughs> like it's not that. Um... It's a challenge. Cause they were like, this is the only thing you can use to defeat the bad guys. For sure. Car. For yeah. sure. And then he made that little flower thing. Um, and <laughs> yeah, that was, that was basically true. it. And then he hit somebody with a piece of wood. Uh, let's not forget that. That was yeah, not inventive. True. So I'm going to say two. Two. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked, I think the rocket launcher thing was fun. And I honestly did not know what he was doing when he first started doing it. And mm -hmm. usually mm -hmm. they'll start him doing something and he'll start narrating and you pretty quickly you figure out what he's doing. And they, no. they let you for a full scene. They let you go like, what the fuck's he doing with that muffler? Um, so I enjoyed that. Um, but for the rest of them, they were kind of just boring car maintenance tricks. Um, I go to three as well. Um, 80s cool factor on a scale of one to five. Uh, mm. this is how, how it compares to other gonna... 80s pop culture. I'm going to go four. I love the car, the classic car. And they, I love the suede jacket that comes that, you know, plays a part in the plot. Uh, <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about that, that as a, as a weapon, just like, yeah, pulling he it uses off a weapon, someone. which is so very gentlemanly. Stupid. I thought that was beautiful. Uh, <laughs> I loved his hair. I love the mobster suits, even though they're, you know, not functional, had a great look to him. Yeah. So I'm going to say four. Okay, cool, cool, cool. How about you, Annie? I thought this was a cool episode just because it was like, again, the road thing I think is just cool, um, especially in the 80s. This idea like we're going to California and it feels like such an untamed space, you know, like it not it, just California. Uh, Hollywood. California. Exactly. So like that's just like road tripping to Hollywood is is cool in a convertible um, with a washed up movie star. Like that <laughs> is all objectively cool yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. There's counterfeit money. There's mobsters. There's cool synth music. Um, I'm giving it a five out of five. Wow. Awesome. Uh, I agree with all of that. Uh, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I've seen slightly cooler, just barely slightly cooler stuff. Um, so I'm going to give it a four and a half, but I agree with all of that, especially the synth music was really like, I was like, this is, like no other decade of scoring for a television show. Mm -hmm. um, great. Uh, we have a couple of quick uh, bonus categories. It's just a yes or no. It'll get extra points if uh, the answer is yes. Did he, does he help out an old friend in this episode? Yes. He, he does. Try, he tried. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. the point okay, of the next so yeah, follow-up so question, which yeah. if yes, the, uh, the question is, does that friend die? <laughs> Yeah. And he loses two points for that. So he gets okay. five points because he helps out an old friend, but he gets two points whenever that old friend <laughs> kicks the bucket, which does happen he, quite frequently. Immediately. Um, is he detained against his will? This is a bit of a tricky one because he's not like locked in a room, but he can't get out of that car, really. I mean, he could have hopped out and kept going. It wasn't really against his will. He seemed like he wanted to help these old people and he knew you know, it was, it was his fault. So it wasn't, I would say no to me. Yeah. I say no too, because the other thing he could have done was he could have taken the counterfeit money out of their possession and completely saved them from the harm no. that was caused by these mobsters chasing <laughs> them in the first place. Um, <laughs> and he chooses not to do so. He could have had them hide in the bushes and taken yeah. the car. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah, there's like any number of... <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, they're going to, uh, the old guy was like, yeah, we could just like head out, right? And he's like, I feel like these aren't the type of people that are going to forget about stuff. And it's like, they just want the money. They don't really give a shit about these you know, you people. Could leave, <laughs> you could absolutely yeah. leave that bag on the side of the road and just yeah, leave. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Their counterfeit money machine broke and they can't make more. Mm-hmm. It's just this one bag. Uh, awesome. Full uh, of 20s. Seem to be full of 20s. 20s. I know. There's probably a solid $600 in that bag. <laughs> I know. 
Oh, I didn't think of that. It's not a very big bag, and they're 20, uh, so. Uh-huh. I also love that his wife felt that it was plausible that that's how he would be paid from an acting job. Yes. <laughs> this bag of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need my payment in identical $20 bills. <laughs> you don't know how the biz works. Uh, I love it. Um, well, that concludes It's Classified. It's time to reveal the results. Out of a total 100 possible points, this episode receives 66 points. Wow. Making it the second best episode of season two so far. Wow. I'm honored. So we're up there. And uh, the only thing bigger is, uh, better is The Wish Child, which is at 72. I do That's not know. Not right. I would That's have to go back and find the out why. The Wish Child sucks. <laughs> yeah, so why is it so high? Who is our it guest? sounds awesome. Who can we blame for that? It sounds like a very positive person. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, you want 80s cool factor. That is an 80s cool show. Um, right. Who was the guest in that? Oh, it's Brittany Carney. She must have really liked it. Oh, um, she's very positive, yeah. Uh, well, that is fantastic. Um, uh, this is super fun. Um, so any parting thoughts from either one of you on the show that we didn't get to Casey, thank you for joining us. It's been super fun. Oh yeah. It's so much fun. I was glad to check in with MacGyver. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get the chance as I told you, I forgot I was supposed to watch the episode. So I had to leave an outdoor birthday party early. What? Uh, yeah, no, it's fine. I didn't need to be there anymore. <laughs> I wasn't bringing. I wasn't bringing anything. You're like I didn't. I wasn't invited. I just. I was, and it was a stranger. Honestly, my cat sneaking up on me. Hi, buddy. Oh, there's your cat. You had yeah. fun. You had fun watching it. He had a good time. You have multiple animals it. behind you, and they're I both know. so calm. Yeah, they're behaving. <laughs> He's gonna freak out very soon. <laughs> uh, we had a good time watching it. Just a little boy's time. So, ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I had a great time. Thanks for having me. Totally. Yeah. Anything from you, Annie, that we didn't get to? I I am so disappointed that this episode didn't get more points than The Wish Child. Um, I <laughs> I really liked this episode the best of the season so far. And whatever I have to do to tank the points of everything okay. else going forward, I will be doing. <laughs> I know you will. And I know we'll probably do a bonus episode at the end of the season where we totally uh, argue with ourselves about everything we've rated. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go back on everything I've said yeah, so far. Yeah, for sure. Me too. Um, All right, that is it for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to check out our website at themacgyverpod.com and our socials and our Patreon. It's all at themacgyverpod. If you want to watch old episodes of the show along with us, you can check them out for free on Pluto TV or watch with the CBS Paramount Plus all-access account, or you can buy episodes on Amazon Prime. Join us next week when we'll be breaking down Season 2, Episode 11, Phoenix Under Siege. It's kind of a famous one. Uh, Take care, everybody, and remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac... Friends are the adventures of life. Good night, everybody. Bye. <laughs>